Today, we're going to have a special edition highlight episode of the Black Cat Report. As we stumbled across an untold case in Australia, a UFO flap buried in government documents. And while we're preparing the larger episode, wanted to share some of the highlights for you. We will be back next week with a full episode of the Black Cat Report. Enjoy. I didn't see you there. Something big is going on here. From hunting ghosts to Bigfoot. Paranormal, UFOs, true crime, and more. We won't just be spouting articles. I was researching for your entertainment. Beginning of a new world. <laughs> the best guac you'll ever fucking eat. True story. It's basically like one day you walk outside and you see that the ants are playing with matches. This, this is, is the, the Black, Black Cat Report. See you on the other side. By the way, um, I've gone through and basically defuzzed or de-staticed a lot of these documents. There's about 43, um, or sorry, there's about 54 in total in the collection under that file name that I mentioned earlier, of which I do not remember and will not repeat, um, but will be listed in the show notes. Um, I've gone through and cleaned a bunch of them up and tried to make them legible, along with using uh, optical character recognition and like OCR to extract as much readable text from them as possible. So those will be on the website. There'll be a link to it, along with the link to the original um, collection of disclosed government documents. So let's hop in. Forwarded for information, the following report of an unusual sighting at Admiralty Gulf. This phenomenon was reported by a crocodile shooter. Between the hours of 2000 and 2359 on Tuesday, 13th of October, a large patch of light was observed just below the surface at a range of approximately one half mile. The light remained stationary as I steamed towards it. But on getting closer, I was alarmed to find the water in the vicinity becoming quite hot. I steered off and proceeded to circle this thing for about 15 minutes and then decided to attempt a second observation. On approaching it for a second time, the water was still quite hot, and the closer I approached the patch of light, the hotter the water became. I was quite alarmed at this, so I decided to leave the area. The depth of the water in the vicinity is between 8 to 10 fathoms. Officer note, the story was substantiated by a crew member. Further note, no further details are available. Signed, Captain Ran, Naval Officer in Charge, North Australia area. So what do y'all think about a massive light? appearing under the water at what would that be eight o'clock at night between eight and 11 basically midnight almost midnight um what do y'all think about that does that still sound like a drone or a star that's just up in the sky because this guy's no, literally I... saying the water was getting boiling hot and there was a glowing light beneath the surface i don't think okay yeah obviously i don't think it's drones I mean, there were probably some drone action before, but I still think it's... To me, I'm still getting the vibes that's some military stuff. I'm not getting alien vibes, I guess. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I guess I need to hear more. <laughs> okay. Because I, I can see that you're you're like, oh, just wait until you hear this. <laughs> but as of now, I'm just getting military vibes. Okay. That's fair. What about you, Joey? Are you getting <laughs> alien vibes or military vibes? I'm personally thinking about the crocodile sniper or shooter <laughs> that the crocodile hunter would be really pissed off as happening. Um, but That's I believe Steve up. Irwin would uh, believe that they were also UFOs or USOs because at this moment it is. Yeah. it seems like it's a USO, uh, under, an unidentified submerged object. So 
submersible object. Submersible object, excuse me. Before I get murdered by UFO <laughs> people. <clears throat> also, um, it's the 60s, and in the 60s is when they were trying a lot of new stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, this is like bumfuck middle of nowhere northern Australia. Like, this is like oh, yeah. real bumfuck middle of nowhere Australia. There ain't shit out there. Yeah, Australia is like not even part of the world. It's just its own thing. Pretty much. And this, these documents have almost convinced me that Australia is real. Almost. I'm not 100% We're convinced almost yet. there, guys. Yeah. If you send some emails uh, for haters at blackcat.report, um, just to convince them a little more that Australia is real. I have visited on it. I can say that they're not all actors that live there. Yeah, I mean, okay. but Chris Hemsworth real, is Joey. from Chris Hemsworth is from there, and he is an actor. Yeah, but, but he's you not know, real. that's that's causation though. Like he's just an actor because he's an actor, not because he's from Australia. Oh wow! You trust an okay. actor telling them where they're telling you where they're from? Wow, Joey, that's a good idea. But Joey's hey. an actor too. And Joey's maybe, not real. Maybe I'm so. the plant. I'm the Australian plant in here. I mean, they're all Australians, mate. Yeah, this sounds fake. <laughs> all right. So this next one is from February. 6th. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Can I add that the fact that I'm saying this is like. A lot because you know me and I'm always down like <laughs> but to believe that's like aliens the fact that I'm saying like eh, I'm not getting the vibes yet yeah that's that's that, that says a lot well okay so thank you for stopping me there and thank you for for bringing that up um because I wasn't sure when I was actually going through and cleaning up a lot of these documents I was like wow this is a lot of strange sightings and this seems like the government, especially with the phrasing about them being like, report everything, we need everything, we want complete records for reference, like that seemed a little bit strong, in my opinion, to just read in some small memos about some shit, right? Especially, you know, just some some random shit like some people, some locals reported a light, you know? Um, but then I kept reading that more and I kept reading that more and they kept referencing like, we need all the records that we can find on this. Please forward them to this person. Da 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 da. And then the tone starts to change, where they're like, "I forwarded it to this person who works in a public service, but I didn't include this. Here's what I didn't include in their report." And I was like, "Well, that's interesting." Um, but as I started to to um, how do I say like move through this, I was like, "This has to be something else." At first, right before I cleaned up all of the documents, and so I went on about a seven or eight hour binge on the CIA's website looking for any unique reference and for everybody else's reference literally search engines are my job I feel pretty good about using them um, I couldn't find a damn thing the closest thing that I did find was this thing called a um, it was like a CCC it was like a compact color cell or something like this and it was a part of the CIA's um, program of like testing high definition color photography for aircraft right and northern australia was one of the stops and it was in the um late 50s 60s maybe into the 80s or 70s um but every single thing about that program right either didn't line up timeline wise 
um, and was already public information to everybody in the military. Like it was not just like to uh, the Australian military wasn't just aware of it going on, but it they were flying in and out of like public airports. It w- it was just actively like yeah, we're just doing this. Like it's no secret that we're trying to get color cameras. You know that that's no fucking secret. Um, so they weren't even for the C- even by the CIA standards like. There was almost no level of like classifying the projects that were going on in this area at the time. Um, basically, I couldn't find shit. I could barely <laughs> find half these little towns, half these little areas, the names of rivers, the names of um, military officials that were involved. Um, and there's a lot of weird spelling here. Should have been able to find something. I couldn't find fucking anything. <laughs> so I don't know. And if anybody's doing it at the time, it was the CIA. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, they're going to be on that shit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the 60s and the 70s were basically the CIA um, years, you know? Yeah, but they were mostly busy in South America, you know, and, like, yeah. Middle Outside East. Outside of the U.S. at the moment. Yeah. Well, no, they were super busy in the U.S. Oh, they well, got in, in trouble for that too. later. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, and the they, they were everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. were everywhere. God damn it. Everywhere. How many were there? <laughs> a lot. I wonder if there was ever details about how many agents there have been. Oh, God. I looked up the other day um, what percentage of the American population works for the government, and um, I think I've decided to block that number out of my head. <laughs> oh, my God. Tell me now. I want to say, God, somebody can correct me. You can Google this real quick. Google this yourself and look. It was a startlingly high percentage. It was like 18%, 19%. I'm like, oh. It's like, is it, it's almost like one in five people. Like, it's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot of fucking, Joe, you looking it up? I am. It's it's 6%. God damn it. That's like 5 million. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. What that's did... Uh... It's nine million workers. Uh, it's six percent of the them. workforce. Will not, oh, not the population. Okay. That's it's different. The, I was yeah. like, no, I'm pretty sure the number was higher. It's fourteen point five percent. There we uh, go. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking people. Although yeah, they might work. be copying, counting like postal workers. Anyways, it's, it's state, <laughs> local, and federal. Yeah, gotcha. Back to the story, motherfuckers. <laughs> next one february 6th 1964 addressed to captain glendhill noic department of navy darwin dear sir title report report on magnetic disturbance and local compass activity very exciting title Mm -hmm. attached is a report received at this office from vb perkins and code darwin who operate the landing barge lolen m as a cargo carrier, the report originated from the master of the vessel operating in the vicinity of the Groot Islands, and we are forwarding it to you instead of directly to the hydrographic office, owing to other interesting phenomenon in the report. Yours faithfully, G.W. Hughes, Harbor Master. J. Johnson was on wheelhouse watch. C. Wooler was on engine room watch. At 2100 hours, Jay Davis reported when changing watch that he found difficulty in steering a straight course by the compass. A. Scott took the wheel and found the compass was unsteady. However, he passed it off as being overtired and steered by the stars. At 2400 hours, Jay Johnson relieved A. Scott. At approximately 
0.045 hours, the compass swung 90 degrees off course. At the time, Jay Johnson was steering by a star. The compass swing became greater. At approximately 0140 hours, Jay Johnson sighted a light extending right across the bow on the horizon. He handed the wheel over to C. Wooler and went to Monkey Island to have a better look. He came down to the wheelhouse and told C. Wooler to have a look. C. Wooler turned out the compass light and saw a glow on the horizon. Both Jay Johnson and C. Wooler could see under and over the light patch. C. Wooler turned on the compass light and found the vessel approximately 60 degrees off course. That's pretty significant. Sorry mm-hmm. to throw in a comment there, but... The compass went, quote, haywire. As soon as he had corrected the vessel as best he could, he switched off the compass light and found the unnatural light was about six feet on the starboard side. The light was in the water. It was described as ghostly white light. In the center was a shadow which rotated in a clockwise direction, causing the light to pulsate. The light appeared to draw away from the stern. It is estimated that it was miles across and a few hundred yards through. Wow. Jay Johnson saw another light patch coming. He immediately woke A. Scott. The light was coming straight at the barge at considerable speed. Henry Back was woken up. Jay Johnson was steering by compass. As the light, which was pulsating, came close, the barge swung away to starboard through 90 degrees. Jay Davis was then woken up. The light in the water passed about 100 yards to port as the barge began to return to course. Another light was seen, coming at the barge at an angle of about 45 degrees to the bow. It came to within inches of the starboard side and appeared to rebound at 45 degrees with the stern and moved away. It disappeared in a few seconds. The second light appeared to be about 400 yards long by 100 yards wide, and the third light slightly smaller. Three more patches appeared on the starboard side and passed in a few seconds. These patches were quite small. The light passed at approximately 0.230 hours. Fair glows were seen in the horizon until 0.245 hours. At approximately 0.300, the compass settled down, and we had no further trouble. All the lights were the same color, with this strange rotating shadow causing the lights to pulsate. The pulsations timed at 12 for 9 seconds, then completely irregular, then settled down for 12 to 9 seconds. The compass swung out of control, but became worse as the light approached. All members of the crew who were off duty were sleeping on deck. The moon had set, and the sky was scattered with light clouds. A thunderstorm was over the horizon to the northeast, and a squall on the horizon to the southwest. Course steered 205 degrees. It's a lot of extra electromagnetic interference there. The pole's going crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> Betsy, did you catch the size of the fucking light in the water? Are you starting to see why I was excited about this shit? This is nuts. This is fucking insane. That's some futuristic shit right there. Where was the... Football size fields in 100 meters or 200 meters? It's freaking crazy. Yeah, like at the beginning, I was was picturing like small stuff, like drone stuff, you know? Yeah, they, they say at the first time it's like, it is estimated that it was miles 
across yeah. and a few yeah. hundred yards through. Yeah. Like, Jesus like, Christ. Okay. <laughs> That's a city. Yeah. Basically, it's a fucking city underwater. And then the mm-hmm. other one, um, there was like the, the big one, right? And there was like the medium and then there were some small ones. The medium one was 400 yards by 100 yards. Mm-hmm. And the shit had a circular pulsating light pattern of shadows whatever the fuck that means yeah, under the crazy. water and like the shit came six feet from the edge of the ship damn that is insane i think what time did this all okay so their compass issues started at 1 a.m shit didn't settle down until 2 45 a.m damn it's an hour yeah. of that Dude, that's two hours. I guess they're just observing it. That was two hours of fucking massive-ass lights in the water around them fucking their shit up. Mm -hmm. That is insane. That's a lot of time to sit there and also be trying to steer a ship in the correct direction and not hit things and not hit them or even hit the thing that's right in front of them, apparently. That that they're just like, what? They're like, what the fuck is this thing? Yeah, they were literally playing chicken with the shit. (laughs) like they didn't want to be but like yeah they're and like the first the first thing and this has popped up um so many times in like ufo history is like compasses getting fucked up that is one Mm -hmm. of the most classic 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 signs of a ufo being around it's anything magnetic and anything electronic like electronic yeah. shut down, batteries drain, and compasses yeah, go fucking nuts. Yeah. Also, when you said that, I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like Brooklyn Bridge and all the car- cars stop working. Yeah, exactly. Like or literally, we'll have an incident when the truck didn't work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or anything we've recovered. <laughs> Any goddamn that, like, UFO. Or um, yeah. Berkshire UFO incident. Or even um, the Mothman. Yeah. Or Betty Andreessen's television. Well, that was just regular plugged in, but um, still. <laughs> yeah. Or Mothman. Yeah. Still electric. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I always get scared if my car doesn't start. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Ufos. 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 They're everywhere. Yeah. It's going to be on a shirt. Ufos. They're everywhere. <laughs> Smiley yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Wink. <laughs> they're Wink. not just out there, they're everywhere. Yeah. Well, Dave Koresh says right, then it's uh true. And then they are probably everywhere. And hey, they've they've been coming more like that conversation we talked about, how like the rise of AI, which will be probably a future episode oh. for all of us, is that we that this could be a marker in time where they come back because or they some they see and they're like, Cool. AI. Yeah, because they were like at first they were coming here a lot because like, oh, the nuclear bomb <laughs> yeah yep now they're like oh ai yep and to be clear this is gill's theories the idiots that he, that he told me i'm just repeating what he said so giving credit where credit's due i was i and need to quote. pass that credit because that goes to um richard dolan what? who was actually reading a question by one of his audience members who was not me but i am one of his audience members Shout out to Richard Dolan. Big fan. Papa Dolan. We're all thinking it. <laughs> yeah. We're all thinking of Dolan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So here's the thing, though. I want to give a quick primer on this. When you're reading through um, disclosed like government documents, it is 
super common for there to be clippings of local newspaper articles in the in the dossier in the collection of files of memos and reports going back and forth. And so what you have a lot of times here is you have the official report, you have the investigated report, right? You have all these little things in between, the memos going back and forth, telegrams, things like that. And then you also have included by their agents out in the field or by whoever's investigating it, any local newspaper clippings that are relating to it. And... Mm -hmm. <laughs> for some damn reason you can't believe in conspiracy i would just challenge you very quickly to go and look at any collection of <laughs> declassified government documents and look at what the government is literally saying they know happened and what mm. the local newspapers are reporting and then what the government says to local newspapers it's a very it's a simple three-step process to not trust your government anymore that's all i'm saying mm. yeah and a lot of it's just connections, you know, like they're connecting what field agents are saying, connecting what the it's all can they're all connecting everything. And like, it's good to try to look at the whole picture, like Gil is saying, to look yeah. at everything in there around the time, too, because sometimes the day before all this, the day of the UFO stuff could happen. You could get a lot of the truth. And then the next day or two days later, you'll just see like it was just a rocket or a weather balloon. Yeah. And then you're or just like, bleep. ah, or or a. Uh, a, a, ble a bleep, a bloomp, a blimp. Or or maybe you have like a um, uh, an official, like a sergeant or a lieutenant or a general um, write a very detailed memo after there's a long paper trail of him actively investigating something and ordering people to investigate it for years. Very, very detailed like report of all of these events and everything that happened on, let's say, like a Monday and then on Tuesday, telling the newspaper, we have no information about these events. We don't know what's going on, but we do think that it's something completely the fuck different than what you're saying it is. While internally, they're saying, we think this is some different ass shit we never heard of. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's yeah. all about the classified documents being released. Yeah. And you follow the paper trail. It's... I, I think it's a fun read when I'll go out late at night when I'm like unwinding and I'm like smoking a cigarette. I'll just like click on a link to one of these archives and I'll start scrolling through and like looking at shit. Um, this is an example of like when you actually find some shit. A lot of times it's just some ridiculous ass stuff and people talking about their birthday parties or scientific studies <laughs> into like color cell theory or just eh, whatever. But there's some gems, God damn it. Mm -hmm. Or rubber band them. theory. What's that? Or rubber band theory. Oof, don't even get me started on that. I read way the yeah. fuck too much about color cell theory. Um, I also read about the Soviet advancement in artificial insemination of livestock and how that's going to affect their ability to raise a stronger army. Um, wow, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, no, they were fucking everything that was going on. It was, it's all there. They're so basic. It's all released because of Glasnost, if that's kind of how you say it. Glasnost? You never heard of that? Are you talking about the night that the Nazis went through and smashed all the windows? Crystal Knot? No. No. Oh, Glasnost okay. I was like, that's you when mean when Hitler took over? <laughs> like, no. what are you talking about? 
It's called Glasnost. It's I, at least I think that's how it's spe- it said. It's spelled Glasnost. You can look it up. But it's basically after the USSR fell, mm. they literally started releasing all their documents, and they said we're going to release everything. That's why we have there's so many documents mm. in those days released now of like UFOs and stuff like that. That's why people went in and looked is because of that. Is they release like all their internal memos, kind of like when the CIA does like a big big like a uh, dump of information and classified they did that of like e- decades one quick addendum on that it was actually george knapp who i think within like a couple months or like a month or two of the fall of the berlin well basically when the soviet union collapsed george knapp the person who broke the news on area 51 and literally made it a household name like that george knapp um mm-hmm. went the fuck over to moscow while everything was fucking burning, people were freaking out, everything that was going on, and he got access to the government's UFO like archives and files and basically just started grabbing as much fucking shit as he could and got it out. So like George Knapp's the winner on that one. He's also the one that like kind of broke the entire story behind Skinwalker Ranch. But Yeah. A badass. So, gla- Glasnost means openness and transparency, and it started in nineteen eighty five. Betsy Bay. Next one. So now we're up to February 2nd, 1968. This is a copy of a newspaper article titled, That was a UFO, says former test pilot. Speed estimate at 7,200 knots. A former test and wartime fighter pilot believes the light seen streaking across territory skies on Sunday night came from a genuine unidentified flying object. Brackets. UFO. Controlled and navigated. He is Mr. Richard Johnson, chief flying instructor at Darwin Aero Club, who saw the UFO over Darwin and categorically rejects all suggestions that it came from Earth. Mr. Johnson said the UFO appeared on a bearing of 040 degrees northeast and continued on a heading of 160 degrees before being obscured by a bank of Kirostrats clouds. In the 30 seconds it was visible, the UFO traversed an arc of 60 degrees. It was slightly egg-shaped and was, quote, very bright, whitish-orange. A long-waisted tail of pulsating bright and whitish-orange trailed behind it. It moved at apparently incredible speed. Mr. Johnson watched it through binoculars strong enough to see small craters on the moon. He said that the wasted appearance of the tail probably was responsible for reports that the object was cigar-shaped. The egg-shaped part was relatively small when compared to the tail and would have almost been invisible to the naked eye. Mr. Johnson said, quote, I was becoming quite skeptical about these things, but since Sunday night, I admit I am convinced. I wasn't even looking for anything. From the appearance and behavior of the object, I consider it was controlled and navigated. I had a splendid view of it through my binoculars, and even then the object was a great distance away. I estimate it to be 30 miles, possibly further. For a a second, I thought the the captain's name was Speed Estimate. And I was like, damn, he's never been been more named well enough to become a pilot. (laughs) Speed altitude estimate Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) My God damn. He was supposed to be a pilot. If the estimate is correct, the UFO must have a minimum speed of 
3,601 knots to traverse an area of 60 degrees and 30 seconds. Quote, if it were 60 miles away, probably a more accurate estimate, it would have been traveling at something like 7,300 knots. Quote, I may sound like science fiction, but my impression was that it could have been a spaceship of quite fantastic dimensions and speed, passing thousands of miles from Earth. The object quite definitely was not an aircraft, satellite, meteorite, or weather balloon. Quote, assume the object was way out in space and passing the Earth. (laughs) It would have been of immense, uh, immense size and traveling at... The quite fantastic speed of at 600 miles out over 60 degree arc of 7,000 miles an hour. That's the point. It's 70, not at all. 70,000. God damn. All right. It's traveling of 70,000 miles. I'm so tired. This is not at all impossible in a vacuum of space if some intelligent being has the power to accelerate to such speeds. Power. Judging from the tail on this thing, seen on Sunday night. It had a lot of power. Mr. Johnson said suggestions that the object was a Boeing 707 were not feasible. Sunday night's UFO made no sound, yet the noise of a single-engine jet flying at high altitude above the clouds was clearly audible from the ground. It was hard to understand how the noise of the four-engined Boeing at climb power could be lost in patchy cloud. An explanation that the light came from landing lights on an aircraft was, however, feasible, except that the only aircraft over Darwin with landing lights showing at the time was a DC-3. Mr. Johnson said he saw the UFO and the DC-3 at the same time. There was no mistake. That's like, I want to stop real quick. That is the first time in history anybody's been like, nah, bitch, I saw that weather balloon next to the UFO. And then it's like, damn, yeah. damn. It's like I was, damn. I was just comparing, comparing the ships and being like, huh. well, I can't mistake those for each other. Well, it could be a, nope, that's literally next to it. Nope, it's not a UFO. It's not a weather balloon. Like, it's God damn. Next to a bleep is next to a water balloon. I mean, yeah. a weather balloon. A water balloon. A water balloon. Yes, a water balloon, the- too. No, those are what they're te- they're calling the USOs now, water balloons. Water balloons. <laughs> next to they're a not hi- weather balloons. <laughs> next to a high what? altitude like radar study called Project Mogul that they claimed was actually behind, you know, Roswell. It's like, nope, yeah. I saw that. It was right now. It was labeled. There was a flashing yeah. light on it. I was talking about that shit over there. Like Yeah. <laughs> but I just that moment first time in ufology at least i've ever seen where somebody just straight up said nope saw that shit at the nope. same time <laughs> and it was like damn yeah like, that's a very comedic <laughs> comedic part of a movie i feel like and it's just like oh that's a oh nope military that's test- a plane <laughs> this is a military test pilot from the war from i'm assuming from world war ii who is the chief flight instructor at the local airport telling you this isn't a plane mm. and literally saying i saw the plane you're referencing next to it <laughs> yeah. like how much do you need <laughs> i'm just saying god damn it yeah i love that it's like that sounds like justice to me mm-hmm. it's so juicy so this is juicy. why i was up till 4 a.m i was like oh dear god oh no <laughs> um 
There was no mistaking one for the other. The possibility of a much smaller object being close to Earth could not be discounted. If this had been so, (laughs) however, someone would have heard a noise, and the RAAF airfield at Lee Point would have made a radar plotting satellite. Mr. Johnson also discounted the possibility that the object was a satellite. It had traveled from 15 to 20 degrees above the eastern horizon. Did everybody measure shit in degrees back then? An elevation much too low to reflect the sun's rays. Satellite doesn't have a giant light bulb on it. Um, Its high relative speed also ruled out the possibility. Mr. Johnson said, This was confirmed when the Echo 1 satellite was seen moving from east. I'm sorry. Oh, wait. That's a satellite, too. <laughs> like, could you imagine being a man in black and going to Mr. Johnson's house and you're just like, you saw this on that? Nope, that was next to it. It was a cow. No, there was a flying cow over there, too. God damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I even got a photograph, put it on YouTube. I saw it all. <laughs> just like, God damn it. All right, Mr. Johnson. Fuck, he's Here's good. your glasses. Here's your glasses and neuralizer. <laughs> You're one of the team members. Oh, no, I already got pension from you guys. Worked for you a long time ago. <laughs> like, oh, damn, but you have to buy good. your own suit. <laughs> How do you think I got the basic-ass name? Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson. <laughs> um, It just reminds me of uh, uh, Austin Powers when he's like, Johnson, what does it look like on their satellite? It looks like a giant Richard. (laughs) Richard, yeah. Yeah. I've never seen that movie. Oh, damn. Doesn't hold up well anymore. Well, I'm not trying to be depressed tonight, so I don't want to talk about you not seeing that movie. Um, My (laughs) job... Just kidding. (laughs) But no... Uh, the only way this could be better is if it was like an Area 51, like experimental test craft pilot of like the highest degree flying. In Australia. And literally a UFO is like attacking him. Like that's the only, this guy, again, like test pilot, Mm -hmm. chief, like chief educating pilot person. He's the head pilot of an entire airport. And he's literally identifying every single thing people are saying it could be. Like, could yep. you get a more perfect witness than this? I, I have a hard time thinking of one. Um, Mr. Johnson said, this was confirmed when the Echo 1 satellite was seen moving from east to west five minutes after he saw it. Thank God. <laughs> it is known that unless one knows the size of an object, it is impossible to judge its distance. And that without knowing its distance, it is impossible to judge the size of an unknown object, particularly at night. But I must believe what I saw. Sunday night sighting the UFO, as far as I am concerned, was a genuine UFO. Mr. Ron Gibson and Mr. Barry Morton, two of the three men whose report on the UFO began the controversy on Monday, today refuted the Boeing theory. East. Both said they were on the eastern side of the Stewart Highway at the time, sorry, at the time, 20 miles east of Humpty Doo. Is that a real name? No, it's not. (laughs) Look at the fucking name. It's the name of a place. (laughs) Yeah, see, that's why people don't think Australia is real. Cause like a place like Humpty Doo. Humpty Doo. Yeah. 
The UFO was traveling still further east, but the Boeing would have had or would have passed them on the western side. I know Boeings are fast, Mr. Gibson said, <laughs> but not as fast as this thing was traveling. It was at fantastic speed. I need to use the word fantastic more. I know, right? That's a great word. It was at fantastic, fantastic. speed. It was fantastically miserable. Um, yeah. <laughs> he was that guy was just basically trying to figure it, to say like, uh, I know. Look, I know you're gonna say that Boeing's are fast, but that's stupid. Like, I'm covering my base on this. Boeing's are not that fast. He's like, this guy's like, okay, here's what I know you think it is. And here's what I literally saw right next to it or like a minute before that tells you it's not. And they're just like, but what if it was a shoe that caught on fire that got flung up into the <laughs> the sky? And he's like, I know. And they're like, yeah, but what if? What if this was a briefcase filled with a million dollars? Well, I do have college wish. loans. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Yeah, here's the thing. I'm skipping over a lot. Y'all say something here on this. I'm just going to scroll through this. 54 pages. Okay, actually, I'm just going to pull it up on the side so you can see. This is the first page. This is the outside of the folder. Confidential, Department of Navy, reference papers, material only. Back of the folder. Or, sorry, inside. Unidentified flying object sightings. Wow. UFO sightings are on increase. RAF probes reports like <laughs> the new steps that UFO UFO over Cassowaria. I love that you document document document. That was a UFO, says former test pilot. <laughs> Mystery deepens on top like fifty four pages of this. <gasps> Taking place over a fifteen year period, and you have shit. That just straight up says restricted, restricted by secure means. Like, they were documenting the fuck out of all this stuff going on. They were meticulously keeping track of any local accounts, any local newspaper things, going through, clipping them out, writing the dates on them, scanning them, keeping them in their archive. Well, they weren't scanning them. They didn't have scanners back then, but they were taped. They were literally keeping this shit and reporting it because it was happening so much over 15 years in the same place in Darwin. Mm -hmm. That's fucking nuts. And I, I want to point out here too, just as like, I don't know, spoiler alert, this shit all started with, where is it here? Stories about a monster in the area. Like like, like a water monster? Yes. Yeah, this shit like started a Loch Ness monster. Right here. Yeah. Like I can't read that first part. It would have been November of nineteen fifty nine. The Mandora monster is not a fish. It is driven <laughs> by an engine. That report that I read to you about the, the alligator hunter in the light, I believe that was 1967. It was eight oh. years later. Wow. The other report, the report about the mile-long light and all the other lights flying around, that shit was, I think, 1968. The, it just keeps going. But a lot of these Nine newspaper years. articles are kind of like, it's almost like everybody just had this collective amnesia about the shit going on. Well, if you think about it, though, think about now everything 62. is going on the the papers, though. 
or yeah. you know just social media how like quickly and like back then it wasn't a 24-hour news cycle it no. was like less but now we're like literally going through story after story one day and yeah. then the next week we're like what happened last week because so yeah. much stuff is coming out so i imagine even if they're spanning nine years these people are just like eh it's fine or even like treating it as like entertainment you know like we do also, now with the news. <laughs> they had all these things going on too. Like besides that, they didn't have shit going on in this area. I mean, in Australia. No, I mean like in the in the way that they have like so many weird stuff there that they're like so used to it. Yeah. They're like, oh, <clears throat> cool, another weird thing. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Four and years. They probably didn't the... want to believe it. Four years before the um, it's like a small area. Four years before the um, the harbor um incident, right? Where like all those the people got woken up. That shit came six feet from the edge of the ship, literally mile long light underwater. We have a report from November fourth, nineteen sixty three. Fishermen see weird light in local creek. A mysterious orange colored light traveling about ten feet above the water was spotted in Racecourse Creek on Monday night by two experienced Darwin fishermen. It was another croc shooter, by the way. Um, <laughs> reports that are talking that are basically sending up the chain of command local newspaper articles and their own investigations about the shit going on for 15 mm. years yeah now it has to be yeah. something there that they were seeing i mean they that we know is like everybody knows they're they're documenting so much stuff just whatever's happening nowadays and the more information the better because they can just reference it if something does come of it like you know, 10 years down the road, there's actually a monster there or like an alien pops out of the ground and they're like, oh, see, it came from this. Yeah. You know, so like documentation is paramount in the government and documentation like to the T of like this happened and he felt this way and they felt this way. Yeah. And I had a slight tingling in my fingers when I went there. So it's like documentation is paramount for the government so they can reference it. As we know from watching the last uh uh, Senate hearing, they documented his whole testimony. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. But I, with with that to kind of piggyback on that, um, the important thing here, and I know that this is in Australia, and I know Australia is not real, but for Americans in a in a real place, right? Um, <laughs> for Americans, this is exact. I thought this came from america at first like when i was scrolling out like this is mm -hmm. this is the same shit you can find on declassified like art or in declassified archives of shit going on in the 40s 50s 60s 70s 80s like you can find documents like this out there and to me it's like there's a lot of boring shit there's a lot of like yeah whatever skip yeah whatever skip but then you come across something like this 54 pages of uh, of an area just like recording all of these sightings, recording all these events, recording locals' responses to it. Mm. And you've never heard a single reference to it anywhere. Like, that's yeah. fascinating as fuck to me. Like, like I hope, I, I seriously hope that someday someone listening to this episode goes out, if they live near Darwin, and they start asking around because there's a damn good chance... There's a lot of people alive from this time period that saw shit. 
mm-hmm. that have never been recorded, never been interviewed, never been talked to about it besides these military briefings, besides yep. these newspaper clippings. Like, these folks are still alive. And frankly, this shit's way more exciting to me than Roswell. Like, this shit went on for 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> that is insane. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I wonder why there's nothing about it. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I, I seriously have no idea. I looked up everything related to, like, Darwin UFO, Darwin UFO sightings. I just don't think that it's, like, a place that's on the map, per se. I don't mm. think it's a place that people, like, look to. Um, And we're looking at shit that is 40, 50 years declassified, right? Yeah. Like, it was, like, the government slowly keeping track of this shit over months and years that were happening. Um, They didn't want it to be big news, you know? Thank you so much for listening to the Black Cat Report in our episode 60, Australian Declassified Document Highlight episode. We'll be doing a full-length episode in the future. Follow us on our Instagram for our latest and best. Please like, review, and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you on the other side.